Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Colin Weir's podcast. This is episode 22 with Adam Cole. He can be found at Adam Cole Studios on Instagram. Take a listen. Oh, you're good. Hopefully I, we can get a more clear audio here. Yeah, hopefully. I don't, I don't know if it's mine or I don't, I don't know what's going on, but hopefully it's, it's not me. The, no, I mean, it's, it's not even a big deal because it, it, it was just like annoying me a little bit. I don't know if this is how it was on your end, but it was like half the time it was perfectly clear. It was like the best audio I've had. And then the other half, it was like, just like you would freeze and then it would like, it would like skip a couple of things. So I, it was more for the, the listeners, um, anything, cause I wanted them to be able to hear what you were saying and everything, but, um, you know, zoom and all. But <laughs> while I was sitting here, I was thinking of, uh, I wanted to ask you uh, about everything going on in COVID and everything. I, I mean, I'm guessing it probably hasn't affected your line of work, but has you, have you seen a, uh, like, has it hurt your, has COVID hurt you or just the time we're, we're living in? Like, has that hurt your work or have you been flourishing during it? Um, in the beginning I was, cause you know, it freed up a lot of people, um, freed up a lot of people's schedules to be able to shoot and stuff. Uh, but towards the end when people started realizing like, oh, Hey, this is going to be more than just a, just like a four month thing, you know, it started to really affect it. Cause then the brands that I was working with were saying, okay, like swim week got canceled and then a bunch of brands that I was going to work with, they were like, Hey, we're not going to release this line until next year. We're going to hold off on it. So I lost out on those opportunities. I was supposed to go with a friend uh, to a couple other countries to do some work with him. And I wasn't able to because our passports aren't valid. And like, if you have an American passport, you can't go anywhere without quarantine for two weeks. And, and it's like a boatload of money to do that. So I wasn't able to take those opportunities because, because of COVID, uh, which, which sucks. I mean, it gave me more time to like work on my, my books and my prints and like really like kind of identify my work on what's best and what, you know, what's really been working for me. But uh, right now it's, it's kind of like a toss up. I mean, my work's been cut in half pretty much. Yeah. And I mean, I'm still a student and I play a, a, a sport up in um, Oregon. I play football, but you know, that's like a lot of people that I know who's like have like either small businesses or just businesses in general have just been hurt by this. And I mean, I think it's like a universal thing. So I, that's why I just wanted to know if it was like hurting you or all. I could totally see how like brands that would hurt brands are like international. I didn't even think about that. Um, it's, it's, it's a weird time for sure. Uh, what was, here's a question I have for you. What, what was the coolest experience you've had? I mean, I'm sure there's a, a shitload of them sorry for my french but i'm sure there's a dope uh, dope experiences you've had what is one that comes to mind that you're just like yeah that was one of the coolest experiences either with filming or just taking photos of of a certain individual or some place like what is the coolest experience you've been in doing this line of work and everything um i mean i wouldn't say there's one particular moment i mean i think it's just the people that i meet along the way it's pretty cool i mean i'm, I'm not really shooting like celebrities or you know rappers or anything or, you know, any type of, you know, big time person. Uh, but definitely like the people that I work with are always really cool. They're always really nice. Um, you know, a lot of them end up becoming really good friends with me. So that's always really cool to have, uh, you know, so you never know, it's, it's still a journey. I don't know where it's gonna take me. Um, it's really nice to see like the ones that do become my friend, them growing and them getting better opportunities as well. Uh, you know, seeing my photos get a lot of recognition is always great. So, you know, that's, that's what I'm in it for. I'm not really in it for the, 
you know, the glory or the fame or like, you know, the, the big time bucks or anything. I'm doing it because it's fun for me and it's, it's cool and, and people enjoy my work. So as long as I enjoy it and they enjoy it, that's, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, obviously this is doing podcasts and doing a, I mean, you don't like being called a photographer, but doing your line of work is very, uh, very different work. But like, that's kind of what I've been telling, like either my friends or like people when I hit them up on Instagram, uh, I'm like, Hey, you want to come on the podcast? I, it's kind of an interview. It's kind of just a conversation, you know, we're just chatting. Um, I'm usually like, I was talking to my friend, Sal, who I've had on a couple of times. He's a writer for smash magazine. Shout oh, out cool. Sal. But, um, I was, uh, I was like saying like, you know, I, I, I thought about doing a podcast because so I, I got the idea, obviously a couple of years ago, Joe Rogan, everyone, everyone loves Joe Rogan. Uh, who doesn't, um, just like, just to sit down with cool people and just have conversations and learn about things. And so I, I, I uh, so I started, so I, it kind of just fell into my lap. Uh, like actually like I bought a mic one day and cause I like making music and everything. I made music since I was a junior in high school. And then one day my mic was messing up. So I sat down and I was just talking, just rambling and it was dog shit. And I just posted it to SoundCloud and called it what the fuck we're calling. Cause I think I said that like 3000 times. So, and then, um, and then I was just bored one day and I, I called my friend and then it, it got into it, it. Now I'm at 20 something episodes, you know? And I'm actually doing it because, uh, and it's getting bigger and everything, but it just kind of fell in my lap. And someone asked me, like I said, Sal, he was, we were talking about it and he said like, Oh, like now that you're getting bigger, what is like on your mind for it? And I was like, you know, I, I do it just cause like, it's fun in the journey. You know, I like the people I meet. Like, I mean, I've never had a conversation with you, but I, I feel like this conversation is going pretty well. You know, it's a fun, it, like, it's cool to meet people and just have great conversations. And like you said, I, I like that. It's like, it's more about the journey and the, the people you're meeting and what they do and what you can do and stuff. than it is more about like the fame and stuff, you know, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. That's kind of exactly how I see what I'm my line of work. And especially like, cause I'm so close to LA, I'm only like 45 minutes away. And my friends always tell me like, Oh, come to LA. You'd get, you'd get so much work. Like if you lived here and stuff, but I always pass on that because there is a lot of people that are doing, you know, what I'm doing or they're modeling or they're in some kind of line of work and they do want to do it for the fame. They do want to do it for like the money. And you end up noticing that a lot of those people, they're really, they're, they're just social climbers and they're not the best energy to be around. And they're always those type of people that they'll step on you for $5 you know, and that's the kind of energy that I, you know, I just don't have time to like to be around or even, you know, give my energy to. So I, that's why I try to surround myself with like the best kind of people. So like, even like, like yourself, if you say you have friends who are writers who are doing other things, it's always good to bring them on to, to what you're doing. You know, I've, I've brought in my friends into my line of work and they've, you know, they've, you know, blown it up to something that they never thought they could. So that's always good, you know, and it's all about doing it because you want to. And also, because you're available to do it. You know, I get a lot of questions, you know, in my DMs of other, you know, people who have a camera who ask me, oh, how'd you, how did you start, you know, getting some of the, the greatest girls to, to shoot with or how'd you do it? You know, and, and it's all just because I had the resources. I have the beach that's five minutes away. Uh, you know, I had friends who are in the industry. Uh, you know, if a guy from New Mexico hits me up and says, hey, how do we get a bunch of models to come shoot with me? Well, I don't know what the, what the circuit's like out in New Mexico. I don't know how many people are interested in modeling. You know, you have to really go with what you, what you have and your resources. You know, like you said, uh, you know, you had, you had the sound equipment, you started making music, you know, it's available to you. And if you have, if you have the energy, you have the drive and, and you have the resources, obviously you're going to, you're going to make something flourish. Yeah, definitely. And it's also about what I think it's about too, is, um, 
is working hard with what you got. Not only like yeah. what's given to you, but what, what you got too. Like, like if you're in from New Mexico and you're like, oh, how do I do this? And you're asking some guy from um, Orange County, right? That's where you said you're from, Orange County? Yeah, uh, it's a totally different life. You have to like, you can take cool desert shots though, cool cowboy shot. You know, you could do, if you make it work with what you got and you grind, you can also flourish, but you can't like look into somebody else's shoes, you know? Like- exactly. I can't hit up Joe Rogan and be like, Hey, how do I make this work? You're having on Elon Musk and things, you know, yeah. it's, it's about where you're at and who you are. And um, I, I, I like how you said that it's, it really isn't like you do have to make it work with what you got and you can make work with whatever you got uh, with whatever you've got. Like you naturally had the beach and friends like that's, I mean, that's like um, a big thing like to help you, but also you've done other things. I'm, I'm sure that have just helped you. Like you didn't just get handed things, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely about creating your own path. You know, that's, that's what's most important. You know, you can't like, yeah, you can have idols, like obviously Joe Rogan or like, you know, I have a ton of, I can list a ton of photographers who have been my inspiration, but I'm not going to follow their same steps because their, their journey is not my journey, you know? So, you know, like, like the guy from New Mexico, you're right. He should totally start doing cool desert shots, you know, whatever's available outdoors with him, you know, that'd be, that'd be great. A great start, you know, just like you, you know, obviously you can't ask Joe Rogan, Hey, what's the best advice to get Elon Musk on my show. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's the journey. I mean, you really have to step, you know, just kind of put your head down and, and if it's something you want to do, then you'll do it. No, definitely. And, um, so like you said, uh, can you just like restate, uh, cause you did cut out in the beginning. So you said that you don't like being called a photographer. You like being called what? Can you just say that for a second? Uh, I guess I just like being called, being called a creative, you know, because yeah, yeah. you know, just film, taking photos is just one of one of the mediums in which I create. You know, a lot of people do come to me, hey, what's a great idea? Uh, what should I do for this campaign? Uh, what should I do with my page? What should I do to reach out to brands? How can I make my brand better? You know, so I do help a lot of my friends out with that. Um, he, my just specific medium on, you know, some people have a paintbrush, I have a camera and that's, that's what I use in order to create my art. Um, so that's just mainly, mainly it. You know, I, I, I do an old style of photography. I don't know if you got the part when, uh, you know, I was talking about, I use 35 millimeter film. Um, it's an old medium of how to take photos and it's, it's, it's a fashion nowadays, but I mean, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's like, it's a good and bad. I mean, obviously there's always pros and cons with it. So, uh, but it's just, that's just the way I create. Yeah. That's yeah. You should like being called a creative. I like that. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how I would react if someone called me a podcaster. I'd be like, huh? I mean, I just got to think fancy myself as a talker, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so you said you got into it, not that you just got handed it or anything, but you said you kind of like, it just kind of like lent itself to you almost like you kind of fell into, um, would you say that, I don't know if I caught this. I don't know if you said this earlier. Would you say that um, like film and photography is the end goal? Like you said, you wanted to work with models, but what would you say is like your next big goal? You know, what would you say your next big accomplishment that you're looking forward to is what you, what do you want through your, through your career and line of work? Um, that's, that's what's really interesting is a lot of people ask me like, you know, how far am I going to take this? And, and I really don't know because you know, I'm, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I do, I do other things for, for income. You know, photography is just one, one source of it. Uh, you know, I, I know that I want to do something more with the time that I have, but I know there is a time limit on, on me taking photos. I know as I get older and I get married and I have kids and, and I accelerated my life, I'm not going to be taking, you know, half naked photos of girls forever. You know, it's not, Darn. 
for yeah, for me personally, that's just not that's just not my end goal. You know, it's not maybe something I want to do when I'm 40 or 45. Uh, maybe I'll be taking photos just for myself. You know, my own personal pleasures. You know, like a family. You know, friends, uh, things like that. Or who knows? Maybe I'll be you know the creative director of some studio of my own. Or maybe I'll get into filmmaking. You know, like actual movies and stuff. Who who knows? Just you know. I take everything one day at a time. So, you know, I'm not really, especially with COVID right now, you know, the world can end tomorrow. We don't know what's going to go on. I have goals that I, that I have set and, and, you know, things that I accomplishments that I need to meet, but um, we'll see when we get there. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if I caught this either. Did you grow up in Orange County, California? Yeah, but I, I grew up in a, um, a city called Anaheim. It's, it's known I, for yeah. having discipline. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. How was uh, that? What was it like growing up in uh, SoCal, like when, you, like when you were younger and everything? Uh, it was cool. I mean, I, I grew up in Anaheim, and I grew up in a, a smaller town called uh, Tustin. Uh, divorced parents, you know, going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool. I mean, I grew up during, like, I guess the digital boom. Like, the iPhone had just came out when, when I was in high school. So, you know, Snapchat, Instagram were just barely starting to come alive. And, you know, so it was like at the forefront of technology as a kid, um, you know, the first time. But it was it was cool because I, w- I, mean, I had an iPhone in my pocket, but I would still come out with like this film camera and people would be like, what the fuck is that? Like, that's, you know, that's so old. Well, you, have, you have your iPhone now that takes way better pictures. And I'm like, dude, I like this stuff. Like, you know, it's just something that's me. Um, but I mean, it's it's relatively normal. I mean, I wouldn't say anything good or bad. I mean, I, I had a, it was privileged for, it was privileged definitely for me growing up. Um, uh, like, like Dave Chappelle says in one of his comedy things, because I, I grew up in a pretty affluent area, but uh, what Dave Chappelle says, he says, my mom worked hard enough for me to grow up poor around, around rich white kids. So that was pretty much it. And I, and you know, my, my friends were all the same. Uh, one of my best friends who's like my brother, Sal, you know, we were, we were just kids rolling around, you know, doing anything to survive. Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely not like the same kind of growing up you hear in like the movies of like, you know, South Central LA, but, uh, you know, everyone's growing up and everyone's journey is all in the same or all in, it, no one's journey is the same. So it was definitely different from me. You know, I wasn't silver, uh, I didn't have a silver spoon in my mouth, but I definitely grew up to know what I wanted. You know, I wanted always more in my life. Yeah. Um, so I'm from Vegas. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, and or a little outside of it, Henderson, which is basically, have you ever, have you been to Vegas yeah, before? Yeah, love Vegas. Love Vegas. Yeah. Uh, so, and I, I would say it's the exact same. It's, it's, it's not like you're living in the Bellagio. Like some people think you're not out this strip uh, every weekend and everything when you're a kid here. Now you do, we do have strip. We, we, I have been to many hotel parties and all that stuff. And I have gone, had fun on the strip, but it's not like, it's not like, the movies would portray, you know, I don't really know if there's any movies of kids growing up in Vegas, but there should be. My, my growing up would be like, you're from Henderson, but you go to school in Summerland. Mm -hmm. That would, that would kind of best describe it. If that's, if that makes sense. That that, that that makes a lot of sense. I would never do that. That sounds like you had to wake up at five 45 in the morning. Well, no, I'm just talking about like, you know, Summerlin's more of like the richer area. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I thought you meant like like the drive. I was no, like, no, no, it's like- yes. Summerlin is the richer area. Yes. Um, so you you grew up. You would say you grew up in what? What was the the little town you you said you grew up in? Uh, it's called Tustin. It's Tustin, Orange County. Yeah. And then you went to school in uh, Anaheim. 
No, no, no. Well, I have family in Anaheim, so mm-hmm. I would spend time in between there, but I went to school mainly in Tustin because oh, okay. Tustin's more of the nicer area. So did you, have you ever taken any shots at Disneyland? Actually, no. That's you crazy. Know, I, I haven't been to Disneyland in like a certain amount of years. <laughs> and you, and, but you live in Orange County now, not in Anaheim, right? No, no, no. I live in like the Southern end of Orange okay. County. Yeah. Cause my sister lives in Vista, which is, I don't know how, I don't know the California landscape. She lives in Vista. I think that's right outside of San Marcos in San Diego. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's uh that's a little, that's about like 30 minutes South for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause, and that's, that's the thing we can get into about California, California. I've what I've noticed about California compared to like all their States. Cause I do live in Oregon too. Is it so like, like one city, one city, one city, one city, you know, you could go from what, and then you get in the middle and then it's like the North and it's like one city, one city, one city, one city. Like the entire Bay is like, you can go from city to city in like an hour and a half. I'm sure the same is in SoCal. Um, have you ever experienced, have you ever like taken any shots or been in NorCal for an extended period of time? Uh, yeah. I mean, one of my, when I was, when I was right out of high school, I got a, I was, I mean, actually a couple years out of high school, I had a really good job and I was traveling a lot. So I was going like up north to San Francisco and I was going to um, Vegas a lot. I was going to San Diego, uh, the East coast. I was flying everywhere. And I was made, this was before I got into taking, you know, model photography. I was actually taking pictures of just, you know, what they call street photography. I was taking pictures of, you know, buildings, signs, neon signs was like a big thing for me that, that I always really enjoyed, uh, you know, graffiti, um, any type of, you know, street art that I would see, uh, still not really pr- people because I, I didn't really like taking pictures of people without the permission. Uh, but I do have a couple really good shots of uh, one of my favorite ones before I started doing model photography is, is a picture I took in San Francisco and it's of a mom just like doing flashcards with her son, like in the park. And it's actually a really cool picture. So um, I think my photos have always had purpose. Um, I think that's something that I want to kind of convey uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to travel back to ten, back to San Francisco or like do what I used to do, you know, like taking pictures of places, I guess. Yeah, I could imagine like I was, I got into this on one of the earlier podcasts with a, a physics major up in Oregon. Um, we were talking about how, so we were talking about art. I'm a, I love just anything creative. I'm a big, I'm a big component of just creative things, music, art, paintings. And we were talking about photographs and photographers and how like it's another form of art because like in a sense it almost captures a being like someone's being or something in like one certain moment you know and so here i can pick your brain about this uh what what is your idea of what a photograph is like not like no some meta philosophical question but like 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 but in a sense like you know like it's it is art and it's it's a strange little it's its own kind of art, you know, like, and in my mind, it's something that like just captures something in a, in a certain specific period of time, you know, and it's like the beauty of that moment. Do you agree with that? Or do you think photographs are something different? Or what do you think a photograph is like when it pertains to like, a, it's certain own being of art? Uh, I think you're definitely spot on with that. You know, obviously, any type of art, you want to invoke some type of emotion, uh, or some type of passion within your art. Uh, I was talking about it today with a bunch of people because I was, uh, I had a big discussion on my story on my Instagram. Uh, but yeah, I mean, art is definitely something, you know, either a story you want to convey an emotion you want to portray, uh, or some type of passion. Uh, for me personally, I mean, 
obviously everyone's different. Every, everyone who takes photos is it's a different story for me. It's usually just, you know, having a fun time here in the studio with a friend or, you know, actually setting a stage of like, you know, what's, what's kind of like the story we're trying to tell uh, other people who, who I would think of, like, I have a friend who lives up in Washington, travels down to Oregon all the time. His name is Diego. Uh, shout out to him. His name is that NW life. But he's like, he's like amazing with his storytelling because he'll, he'll do like a full paragraph and saying like, I got to this, I got to this location at nine o'clock at night. I woke up at 4, 4am the next day to get the, the, you know, the first light over the mountain peak. And I think that's, that's amazing too. You know, so everyone has a story to tell. It just, you know, how are you going to interpret that story yourself and how are your viewers going to interpret that story is something that you really need to take into consideration. Do you think um, the ability of storytelling in photography is what, what makes a good uh, photographer? Like, obviously, it's like, st- I'm guessing it has to do with like stillness and everything like that and how you can capture something. But do you think it's the ability to see other things that people can't in a certain moment? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like like I said, storytelling is everything with with the art, and this is kind of like I'm. I don't like to talk negatively on people, but I will, uh, just just for the sake of conversation. There is a lot of photographers who have the same style, and they don't really have like a storytelling to any type of their photos. They all use the same editing style, the same presets that they all bought from some big photographer, and it's literally just them taking pictures, doing nothing. You know, just. You know, they're just, you know, affluent kids who are just in LA running around who just move there. And they're all taking pictures of the same things like the Beverly Hills Hotel, you know, Santa Monica Pier, uh, Malibu Beach. And I don't really believe in like that type of storytelling because there's no real story to portray. There's no real, uh, you know, there's no real effort to me. They're all doing the same thing just for likes and stuff on, on, a, on a page. You know, whether for me, uh, like I have books that are, that are coming out where, you know, my first one's going to be my Polaroid book. And it's literally going to be a ton of unseen Polaroids that are either from test shoots or from actual shoots that I've done with brands or companies. And you kind of get to see how like they all come together. And because the Polaroids themselves tell a story, you know, Polaroid, I, I use Polaroids because with film, I can't look at the back of the camera and see what I've taken a picture of. I have to take a Polaroid so I can see it instantly on, on something, you know, and it kind of gives me a visual of what my story is going to be telling later on. You know, and I have other books that are, you know, going to be completed of, um, you know, all my nighttime photography, um, all my studio work, stuff that I did with my bamboo, my bamboo plant. Uh, so it's all like a narrative of how I'm telling my story. Um, so I think, I think that's what people really need to figure out when they're, when they're in their creative or doing their art is what story are they telling, you know? Yeah, I do. And um you know, not to bring down anyone, but I think what you said about presets and, and like through this, the camera uh, and, and photography, I think you, the same could be said for um, like a lot of people who are making music, you know, they have the juice roll presets or they just have a certain preset that they have. And it's just the same, you know, it's all this like this new emo goth rap wave, you know, and it all sounds the same. And you're like, can you actually sing? Can you play an instrument? You know? So I think it's, I think that's just this new wave when this, whereas we have this, like you said, the, um, the, the digital push, like the digital, the, the digital revolution in a sense in the early 2000s, 2010s, I think it kind of, um, now that we're in the 2020s, we're seeing a lot of people who are not creative a lot, you know, not like not 
not like they're not creative, but they want to be more creative than they are. And they're just like hopping on other people's waves, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a good thing that you pointed out with the music thing, you know, it's happening in other types of, you know, art formats. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are putting out stuff for people to consume rather than enjoy, you know, like with music, there's a lot of music that's being put out and yeah, it's good. Yeah. I'm going to listen to it on Spotify. Maybe I'll put it on a playlist, but is it going to be an album I'm going to remember in like 10 years? You know, like everyone remembers the Drake Take Care album. That album was fire, you know, and I could name countless others, you know, the Magna Carta from Jay-Z. Um, and then with like photography, you have a lot of these, you have a lot of these people who are doing the presets, who are just getting photos for likes, just to impress people they don't know. And people are consuming that. But later down the line, you know, five, 10 years from now, is their photo being printed somewhere? Is it going to be in a book? Is someone going to look up to that person and be like, oh, I want my photos to look like that? You know, like I, I have a number of fashion photographers that I look up to and, and, you know, their work is timeless because it is printed. It's been on magazines, it's been in other publications. Uh, but there is, you know, even modern day photographers who, who, you know, got big on Instagram, who I still look back at their old work from like 2012 and Tumblr. And I still think, oh, that's a piece of, piece of work because it's not like anything else. Not like anything. Originality. In any art form, I've found that... Um... Like, I mean, it's kind of different with like podcasting and everything. And, and even to an extent, music or, or, or um, uh, like talk shows, I guess you could say, because it's like, I mean, you can be fake and, and a lot of them are, you know, most talk shows, I would say people are fake, but you know, it's hard to like fake who you are. Cause if you're boring, you're going to be boring. And if you're funny, yeah. you know, um, but I could, it, a lot of people are just not unoriginal and it's not that they can't be original. It's that they, I don't, I think they're scared to be original, you know, like yeah. when I started this podcast, um, I've been known to be like, to talk a lot, you know? And so it, this podcast, I didn't want to learn a lot of the things I didn't want to learn. Um, it wasn't, I didn't know that I was going to learn how to talk better, but one thing I didn't really know that I was going to learn is how to listen. You know, what this podcast has taught me is really how to listen to people and that no matter who you are, they're original and they have something to tell you, you know? And so I've talked to a couple of people who I've realized um, maybe I haven't posted their videos or, or, or their podcasts or something because I've realized that they're just kind of like, they're kind of a grifter. They're kind of like not tossed. They're not speaking from their own truth. They're kind of just speaking, you know, to speak. And I think, I think that's a big problem in today's time, especially with creative forms. I, I'm sure it can be in, in photos and you can see it in, in like paintings, I'm guessing, and, and even podcasting and music. It's that people are so afraid to be original, you know? Yeah, I think everyone's trying to ride someone else's wave. No one's, uh, you know, because everyone's afraid to fail. You know, failure is something that hurts a lot of people. Uh, but you know, I welcome failure. You know, if I'm, if I'm failing, it means I'm trying. And I, and at least if I fail now, it means, it means I'm just on to, I'm just that much closer on something that's going to succeed. You know, a lot of people just want to take the easy route and they're like, Oh, well, this is working for this person. What if I just do this just slightly different, you know, and that's what they do. And, and, and it, it kills originality. It kills being, you know, someone's, someone's self being in my opinion, uh, because they don't get to be their own person. They're, they're afraid of who they are and they don't enjoy who they are. Um, I mean, we can go, we can definitely go deep into the psyche with this, but I think a lot of that is, um, I think a lot of people from LA have that mindset. I mean, obviously, in, I don't know what the scene is like in Vegas, uh, but I know LA is really like that um, because no one's really from LA anymore. I don't know anyone that's ever been like, oh, I was born and raised in LA. Everyone is like, oh, 
from Minnesota. I'm from Chicago. Um, I'm from New York. I'm from, uh, you know, Car- North Carolina. And it's like, okay, why'd you come to LA? Oh, um, I got like 10,000 views on a YouTube video and now I'm going to try and make it being a YouTuber. Or I started picking up on Vine, so I got an apartment out here in Burbank. You know, that's, or Vine, that's an old one, uh, TikTok, you know? So I think that's what really kills originality. I mean, I remember back in the day where it used to be a thing to like represent your city, you know, especially with like music, you know, or any type of, you know, uh, you know, sports, music, art, whatever. People stayed in their city because they wanted to put their city on the map. You know, that's how Atlanta became a powerhouse. That's how Houston became a powerhouse. And same thing with Chicago, uh, Broward County in Florida. You know, these are all great music scenes now because these artists stayed in their cities and they didn't move to another one to try and make it, you know? No, definitely. Um, I mean, we even saw that when LeBron went back to Cleveland. I don't know if you're a LeBron fan. Yeah. But then but then he went to L.A. So, you know, um, but Kobe put on for L.A. I mean, he wasn't necessarily from L.A., but he put on for L.A. Um, but I digress. Uh, but, yeah, so putting on for your city, yeah. And my friend, my homie Jake, who actually is – is, he's very original. Um, he's making – he makes music nowadays. Um, he's actually blowing up on, on Spotify. Shout out, Jake. Uh, his name's Avion. His, that's his, like, uh, rapper name. But he, um, he's, like, who I started making music with back um, in high school. And he, like – he, like, is strong and he's from Vegas. Like, he lives in Texas now with his family, but he's, like, strong and he's from Vegas and he's trying to put on for, for Vegas and everything. And I think – I think – People who are original will still do that, you know, but I think a big thing is let's get to LA or, or Miami or New York and let's put on there, you know, cause they can put me on, you know, I think yeah. that's a big, I think that's a big problem. Um, it, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's a crazy time for sure. And it's, and it's, and it's crazier because like 15 year olds are some of the pop, most popular people in the world. Um, like I don't personally have TikTok. I don't know if you do, but, um, uh, like I know they, those the like the I don't know how to say their name, so I have a butcher. Anyone who's listening that's under the age of eighteen, Diamelos, those girls are like super rich and famous on TikTok, and they surely are blowing me out of the water with money. And like they're like I don't know, they're probably eighteen, fifteen. I don't know how old. they're like young, and it's weird to like when that happens. You know, I don't. I I mean, Instagram and Vine kind of added that, but I think TikTok's bigger than Vine ever was. Yeah, I think, I think now it is. And, and with this new Instagram update, I think we're definitely going to see like the death of Instagram come very soon. Uh, who knows what TikTok's going to be, but definitely the next generation of social media is going to come to life, in my opinion. Uh, but I think after like the Kardashians kind of, you know, retired and, you know, stopped their show, there needed to be some kind of like mainstream obsession. And I think that was like the, the easiest thing that the, the, new, the younger generation could get a hold of was, you know, TikTok stars. Uh, you know, we'll see where their careers end up. You know, who know, who knows? They are very young. They are making a ton of money. Um, we are seeing a lot more people be smart with their money, which is good. I, I've seen a lot of people just literally make their money and get out. You know, they just want to head and live a normal life. Other people, you know, stars burn out, some blow up, who knows? Uh, it's all, it's all with, you know, we'll see with time. Uh, but I think TikTok's a great platform. Uh, I think it's great for, you know, marketing yourself. It's easy to get popular. Uh, there is a lot of toxic stuff on there and a lot of brainless, really catering to the lowest common denominator of people. Uh, it's not really a platform for me because my, my, my platform is, you know, still photography and that's more video. 
Um, I don't do, I know a lot of photographers are blowing up because they do like behind the scenes or they do like their editing process or stuff like that. But like that, all that stuff doesn't really pertain to me. But I mean, uh, in my line of work, I would shoot photos, whether Instagram was around or whether it wasn't around. So um, we'll see where, where, where it takes us, you know? Yeah, definitely. Could you give me three seconds? I got to take a piss real quick. <laughs> Go for it, dude. I, I, got, I got a question to ask you about social media. So don't let me forget. Oh, you're good. Um, uh, yes, back to social media. But before that, I'm just going to tell you about this. This uh, recording pause button on Zoom has changed my life um, <laughs> because I used to have to go back when I was editing my podcast. And if I like, if I had like a little cut, I'm like, oh, I got to like snip them together. And now I just have that. And that's, it's changed my life. And also uh, ending the video and starting it again helped tremendously. So it's perfect. Um, even helped the conversation a little bit. We were like, we kind of stirred into this, this, this yeah. flowing conversation. This is, this, this is exactly what I do every single week. Um, or whenever I do my podcast is I just kind of have a free flow conversation about whatever. But the question I was going to ask you about social media was you said what I was, what I, I've been thinking for a while now was like the death of Instagram and the death of Twitter. And I don't know if Snapchat will ever die because it's kind of a private messaging app that's kind of turned public with those. I don't know if you ever like accidentally get wrapped into those story things. Um, and it's like ad after ad after ad, you know, have you ever, have you ever got wrapped into those? No, I think I stopped using, I stopped using Snapchat as like a, as like a personal platform, uh, like posting stories and stuff when Instagram got stories around that time. Um, and I think that I'm, I'm fucking petty for this, but I, I was actually only using Snapchat for a long time because my ex was still following me. So I wanted to show her how great my life was still. <laughs> uh, but after that, I mean, I, I don't really use Snapchat unless I'm like Snapchatting my friends, like, Hey, check this out or look where mm-hmm. I am kind of thing. Um, or, but now I've even been using like Instagram messages a lot more, yeah. but after this update, Instagram's turning into like a shopping app. So I know we're going to see. I mean, I don't know if, you, if you're old enough to remember when MySpace updated too much, uh, then everyone switched over to Facebook because Facebook was just a simpler platform to be on. And then once Facebook started updating too much, people were like, oh, dude, look at this, this app where I can just post a fucking picture. And they went to Instagram. Uh, Twitter's kind of a, like its own thing because Twitter's just a war zone. <laughs> uh, I love Twitter the, for the memes and stuff. It's always ahead of the times. Uh, and, and it's, it's still a great platform. It kind of sucks because they have an algorithm now on how you see tweets and stuff. So we'll see if that changes. I know they're also trying to like censor a lot of stuff, but I think Twitter still has a lot more life in it. It's definitely had a revival um, in this past like year and a half, especially with like COVID and everything. Uh, but I definitely do believe that Instagram is on its way out. Um, we're learning a lot of stuff. This is like super tech nerd of me, but we're learning a lot of stuff that Facebook does on the back end. As, as, as like as much as like collecting information on its users, that privacy is definitely going to be a big issue with people using Instagram, you know, because I mean, I don't like the fact that they collect that much data on me. I don't like hearing a barbecue ad when I mention I'm going to a barbecue, you know, it's really creepy. It's in and people don't think that that it's a big thing. But I mean, if I'm trying to get information on a local business down the street, but Facebook or Google or anybody is taking that information away from me because they want me to go to Mickey D's. That's good. That's the problem for me. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The only thing I saw with Twitter is there. The problem is they've, they've now censored um, 
so I don't know if you get into any of the politics stuff, but they, they're, they're creating this war between like Republicans and conservatives and Twitter. And now basically all the conservatives are going to this other app called parlor. And the only problem I'm seeing with that is it, it takes away from free discussion and Twitter's kind of life came from the arguments on Twitter and just like free range, whatever, you know, and what I, what I'm afraid of for Twitter is that if they limit what the other side can and cannot say, you might not see, it might be just like this lame thing that like it, Twitter wasn't, you know, like that Twitter wasn't before, you know, it might just become this being of just like what Twitter wants it to be. And yeah. Yeah. No, go, go ahead. The, big, the biggest thing with that is, is instead of fixing the problem, which mainly the problem is the bot, the amount of bots that each individual platform has on their website, whether it's Instagram or Twitter, there's so many, or even Facebook, like they say like a third of people on Facebook are dead already, or they're just profiles that aren't being used. Uh, they say, you know, a third of uh, Twitter is just bots that people created, you know, that don't, that just run automatically. It's just an AI that just spews out bullshit. Uh, and, you know, and it learns, it, it learns from Twitter and a lot of the views that it learns is more on the conservative or Republican side. And that's why they've banned like that type of, that type of verbiage. When I think, they should have banned the amount of bots, but on a money side, the reason why they don't ban the bots is because then it shows a certain amount of users that they don't have and they can't advertise that to investors. And that's, that's why they don't fix the problem. They know what the problem is. They just don't want to fix it because somewhere in the end, someone's making money. And we, I think in the next generation of, of social media, we're going to see it move away from the investment tech side and more into like the user, user friendly and user, I don't, I don't know if it's induced or user appreciated, you know, like TikTok, they said it was in, they said it was owned by China. And then when the US was going to ban it, they're like, all right, cool. We'll just sell it. You guys want it? Cool. We'll just give it to the people. You know, Microsoft picked it up or whoever picked it up. And I think the next, the next generation of, of social media does have to take that into account. If you know if they want more users, if they want longevity, they have to take into consideration who is using their platform. What I'm afraid of though is that the next social media is gonna be created by AI itself because it's so well it's so well adapted to what the people want because it's been learning through through all these other social medias that it will just create another app, you know. And that's gonna that, that will be possible sooner than you think, you know. Like a, like a like somebody creating a system that can create an uh, an app. You know, yeah. um, and that's freaky to me because like, it's going to be perfect, you know, and it's going to be a perfect social media. And then it's like, well, then what happens then? Do we run it? Do we run it? Or we, do we not run it? You know, what is well, allowed think, then? That's what they thought the algorithm was going to do, that it was going to create this like perfect, um, you know, feed for you because it's going to be based on what you like and what you want to see. But in reality, even though you might enjoy those posts, people just wanted a chronological order of the people they were currently following. You know, I'm a big advocate of being against AI and against robotic technologies, even though they do help us. But I think a lot of them are, are that are being created. They're not being created in the, for the greater of mankind. They're being created to eliminate jobs and to make, you know, people more money. So um, I think that these AI or like self-learning programs or self-learning or algorithm based apps. I don't think people are going to want them. People just want to see their timeline as it is. You know, it's just like a newspaper. People have been reading the newspaper for God knows how long, you know, generations to generations. Yeah. We've had Instagram and, and algorithms for what a decade. People, it's just imprinted in us that we want 
our news when we want it and we want to, we want to be able to flip through it. We don't want to be force fed something that's been created by something that we don't understand. Did you see the social dilemma? You know, I haven't yet. My girlfriend, I was I'm not going to say super baked, but I was sitting in my bed or her bed. And uh, um, so I'm in Vegas. I usually stay with her, but I was laying down and I was falling asleep and she was just sitting there watching it, freaking out. And she would like wake me up every once in a while. I'd be like, babe, you have to see this. And I'd be like, huh? And I'm just like half asleep, you know? But she was like telling me the entire next day how freaked out she was and all this stuff about how it like basically creates this voodoo doll of you, you know? And then like points at things that you want and stuff like that. And that freaked me out. But I, I don't want to sit there and think that like, cause I like social media and I, I, I use it. I try, I'm trying to use it more for like my podcast than anything really. Um, I don't really like, I mean, I don't like, not that I use social media before to get girls, but now that I have a girlfriend, I kind of use social media to get girls on, like everyone does, you know, especially Snapchat. That's what I've, Snapchat is like, and so now it's like, I, now I just want to grow me and my platform that what I'm trying to do. So it's more of like, uh, my, like my, my Instagram page is just my podcast. And I only go on it when I'm going to post about, um, my podcast usually in Twitter. I have a podcast app and I have my personal just because I like going on there and seeing all the funny, the funny stuff on Twitter because it's just hilarious. But, um, but I don't like the idea that like they're getting to know who I am and it's not even a person, you know, it's just like this, like this created wiring system of like almost like a neural link, you know, um, that's just like learning about me and, and, and learning what it can and cannot give me and then listening to me. I don't, I don't like that at all. Yeah. I mean, it's, it kind of all goes back into, you know, Mark Zuckerberg created Facebook, but why did they create Facebook to, to meet girls? You know, that was, that was originally their goal. But if you ever seen the social network, you see how the character Mark Zuckerberg, you know, the guy that portrays him, it goes from him being a socially awkward person and he needed a way to meet girls to he wanted to be able to then control his friends in a certain way, you know, and that's what he did. He built a company, hired all his friends, and then he was able to control them through that. And, as it's expanded, you know, we're what, 20 years, almost 20 years into Facebook, it's expanded. And he, now he doesn't need to control just his friends, but he needs to control everyone on his platform, you know? So I, I just think there's, there's a lot of wrong people in power. Um, go, going back to the presidential election, you know, we've all kind of seen that. Uh, we're just putting the wrong people in the, in the top places and, and we're seeing it come to life. And it's kind of, kind of terrifying. Something that's even more terrifying that uh, than than what we're seeing right now is that it's almost uncovering that we're seeing that there, a lot of the people who are up there are just corrupt, you know. And it's right. like, and and it's not that it hasn't been that way for a long time, but it's that it's been that way for a long time and we just haven't known, you know. And now it's kind of unraveling to the people, and some of the people are just like okay with it because like we got the president out, and then the other half's like the entire opposite. They're like, no, flip the system. And then there's another half who's like, Trump's the savior. It's becoming part partisan polarization where like there's two radical opposites when most people are just sitting right here. Like, this is kind of crazy. Like, can we actually talk about this real quick? Like what we're seeing with everything going on? Like, and so, and then on top of that, we're seeing that like, um, everything going on with like COVID and then BLM happened and then the social the social um, media uh, trials through the, through the Senate are happening with Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg. And we're just like, dude, what is going on right now? It's yeah, really- there's just so much like uh, there's no happy medium with anything. And it's like in every single world, you have it in social media, you have it in politics, you have it on 
um, you know, people objectifying women, uh, you know, art, sports. I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. No one can really, no one can compromise, you know? And, and I like to follow the philosophy of, of live and let live. And no one does that. Everyone is like, if you're not living my way, then it's the, it's the wrong way. It's like, well, dude, we're not living the same life. Why can't we just be, you know, why don't you be on your side of the table and I'll be on my side of the table and we just leave each other alone. I like that. We're not living the same life. That's exactly my point. It's like nobody in not especially because like the United States was founded on the diversity of the United States, you know, like the fact that we were all different and, you know, we wanted religious freedom. That's why they came over here. And now it's like, everyone's like, well, if you're not the same thinking the same things I'm thinking, then you're evil. It's like, why would I think the same? A lot of the times it's like, well, then let's just look at the differences between me and you. I, I lived in Vegas. You lived in Georgia. I mean, some people like to say gender is in difference, but I like to think you're a girl. I'm a guy, you know, like I'm, I played this sport. You played that sport. You know, like, just like you have these parents. I have these parents. I knew these friends. You knew these friends. You had this governor when you were growing up. I had this governor. You know, like we, you grew up through these many presidents. I grew up through this many. It's like, there is nothing in that that makes us think that we would think the exact same. And that's fine. It's just that we need healthy debate and we need people who are, especially leaders who are healthier in their debates. You know, we, we need people who actually talk about things and are, and are like politically thought about, like can actually think and speak and not just have like, cause like idiots on Twitter can speak, you know? And that's, what's fine. It's just the fact that they're doing it too now. And it's just like, well, can you guys at least be revered, you know? Yeah. I think, I think what, what goes into that is, you know, people growing up in different places is, is the fact that Americans don't travel. Uh, like I have a cousin who lives in Sweden and by the time she was in fifth grade, she knew four different languages and she had been to like half the continent of Europe, you know, so they get to really di- divulge themselves into different cultures and different aspects and stuff where here in America, the only other culture shock that we get is from people from, you know, coming from different countries. And a lot of the times people don't like that. So, uh, you know, that really, I think, I think Americans do need to travel more. Um, I also think that uh, incel culture is like the biggest toxic thing in the world. You're having uh, incel culture, like uh, these nerdy kids, or how do I explain incels? Yeah, I haven't heard that before. Yeah, virgins, pretty much. People that, you know, they don't understand women. They're very socially awkward. They've never had the chance to be with a woman. Um, has to also very Freudian. They maybe were not very nurtured by their mother and they, they have a big disdain for women. Uh, if you look at a lot of uh, people who are coming into power, um, especially a lot of like the governors and senators that are trying to take away women's rights in like Georgia and stuff, they've never left the state of Georgia or they've never left the state of Ohio or Louisiana. Like we're not having very good people coming into positions into power. Like, I mean, it's probably not the best example, but we're not having Angelina Jolie, who's done humanitarian work, who's traveled to different countries, who's done movies, who's done uh, charity work, who runs a business. You know, she's not becoming senator of Ohio, you know, and that's that's the problem is, you know, we're having a lot of people in in positions of power that shouldn't be. Um, I just had a conversation with a very smart um person by the name of Hunter Boyan. He was my last guest on my podcast and he was a, um, he's a political politics and government major. I am too, but he, that's his like feng shui. And he basically ran down the problem with like elitism. Cause my question to him on the last podcast was, and this was like one of the most prominent clips that I had for last podcast was, um, 
So I asked the question, like, why don't you need a degree to be president? You know, like you need a degree to be a lawyer or like a, or a doctor. Why don't you need one to be a uh, president? Because I feel like that is a necessary thing to have. And his answer to me was he basically gave uh, an elitism argument, which basically says that um, he basically said that because if it becomes to where inequality is so vast, then someone who might have like someone you might want to lead might not have the road to get there. And so that's, he he basically made the old argument that like, if you made a society where like it it became vast inequality and the people at the top could stay at the top, if you needed those degree, only the people that were at the top would be able to get those degrees. So I get that. And it's like, and that's problem. That's part of the problem of democracy is kind of what we were talking about. Kind of what you just said is that sometimes you elect the wrong dummies in office, you know? And yeah, well, that's, that's the biggest problem is, you know, we all think that we live in a democracy, but we live in a republic. We literally elect people to to take votes on what we want to do, you know. So that that's a big issue. You know, the following thing with them is, is, you know, we've had oh man, this is such a political podcast. I love it. Uh, but we've had we've had a history of of elitism, you know, and it has to do with with um, how people have gotten degrees in the in the past. And that has a lot to do with the. Uh, you know, it falls into racism with segregation of people getting housing because the housing market of the fifties all the way to the seventies was, yeah, exactly. Gave, gave way to, you know, people having the money to go to college from the seventies to the nineties. And a lot of those people were white people. Uh, even nowadays, you know, people can take out loans, but they're still crippling to, till the day they die. They, they, you know, they live in debt. So having a degree is, is, is a form of elitism now doesn't really matter whether you put um, whether you whether you make it a requirement or not you know the world still sees that you need a degree in order to hold positions um, you know like I you know I when was the last time we had a president without a degree when was the last time you've seen a, a computer or not a computer but a doctor without a without a degree when was the last time you've seen um, I'm trying to think of a position a, a consultant or you know a marketing a marketing agency without a degree, you know? I feel like marketing maybe because like that's one of those positions where um, if someone like, not to say that someone rises there without a degree, probably they might have a college degree, but like someone say someone starts a business and it blows up and then they hire their friend as the marketing team and then they become a marketing. So they could, they, that potentially, but definitely not a doctor or anything. Um, yeah, a lot of the time, especially right now, a lot of the time, everything just kind of leads into politics. I feel like um, not in, we're not having a bad conversation though uh, about like a black because political conversations sometimes can go left out of left field, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, and degrees, it's it degrees are a privilege, you know, and um, intelligence is a privilege, and 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 creativity is a privilege, you know. Um, there's if you gave me a camera right now, I could not do what you do. You know what I mean? And 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 so there's just things that like we need to be like grateful for in this world but we also need to like not that we need to help other people out but we also need to be like tolerant of other people because people are different like we were talking about this a little bit um so i saw something on your story today you were having a conversation uh what was that conversation about exactly because i wanted to know what you were asking everyone because i kind of just skipped through it because i wanted to um I wanted to see uh, what your like story was. So, like, was it like is pornography art? Is that what you were asking? Uh, was no, it was answer. It was uh, it was an old an old quote. 
by an adult film actress, it says the, the difference between, between lighting and, or the difference between art and pornography is lighting. And it was kind of to beg the question of like, where do you draw the line between is pornography art? Is, um, you know, are they one in the same? Um, and a lot of it has to do with like the taboos, especially with like OnlyFans these days. You know, a lot of a lot of girls are getting flack for it. But it's like the same guys that will that will shame a girl for showing her body on Instagram. Uh, you know, are the same guys that are creating the demand. You know, and especially you know back in the day they would get mad at a girl showing their body on Instagram for free, and now that they got to pay for it, they're even more angry about it. Incels, right? Incels. You know, there you go. But, it, but it's just kind of begging the question because it seems that pop culture has this big obsession with sex and porn um, and all that, but they don't want to cross that line. So they want to like, they want to keep these people in such a tight knit corner that only they can view them through a glass window, but they don't want to give them the same opportunities. You know, like I've seen art books and I've seen photography books and I'm like, okay, these girls are all naked. But what's the difference between that and pornography yeah yeah um that does beg an insane question because especially right now like it is so you can have such wide range uh pornography or just like and then there's only fans and there's things like that and it's like where do you draw the line and i heard this on i can't remember where i heard this but it might have been on joe rogan a while ago but he was basically saying like it's it's funny how we can go to the movies and like see people's heads get blown off and like people just getting dying blood flying everywhere. But like a sex scene is just too taboo and they will not throw a sex scene in a movie. And yeah. it's like, and obviously that's fake and everything death is fake and everything, but it's like, but it's still pretty gruesome, you know? And then, and then they barely like, they'll just throw like two sheets over somebody. And it, and it is, it is crazy how, how, like they have this obsession with sex and sex is so obsessed in pop culture, like you're saying, but it's so taboo. Like even speaking about sex, like even me just saying pornography right now, while I'm knowing we're doing a podcast in my mind, I was like, I don't know if I should say that, but like, obviously it's normal to say, and we're both adults, but like, it was just like in my head, it like, there's just something that's ingrained through society that sex is too taboo to talk about. You don't talk about it, you know? And I think that is a problem because then it leads and then it, then it leads to like problems when you're getting older and maybe, maybe people are abusing pornography and they're not actually entering relationships. And I think it does come from this pushing down of sex, you know, not talking about it. What do you, do you think yeah. that's, that's definitely I, part of it? I think uh, the broader spectrum of what I was trying to get is, is the, the conversation of sexuality. You know, how, how are people, you know, some people are very comfortable in their sexuality. Some people are not. Um, it has to definitely go into, you know, with the LGBTQ, TQ community and how people refer to them. You know, uh, my, my biggest thing is, is, uh, you know, I've again, live and let live, you know, if there's people who want to be in the sex work industry and they want to be doing that, let them be, I don't know why you have to kind of corner them into and not give them the same opportunities as like a mainstream model would if they fill the same role. Uh, you know, another thing with sexuality is so people, so many people are focused on, on, you know, I'm a big gay rights activist, uh, even though I'm a straight male. Uh, I don't understand why people, it's, it's people's obsession with who this person is having sex with or who they love. Why does that matter to an individual outside of that relationship? You know, um, it goes into sexuality with, uh, you know, with people who are transgender. Um, you know, if, if I want to 
if I want to, if someone wants to be a woman, let them be a woman. That's not, that's not your position to say, or, you know, it, you don't have control over another person's life. What they do with their body and with their life, with the, you know, with their livelihood is totally on them. Do whatever makes them happy. You know, if I wanted to be a professional baseball player, but someone says, no, don't do that. That's going to hurt my feelings. I'm going to be like, well, fuck, you know, how come I can't be a baseball player? My best friend's going to be a baseball player. How come I can't be that? You know, or, um, you know, going even further, uh, I lost my train of thought, but yeah, you know, it's just, it's, it's all, it all revolves around sexuality. Um, I think that's a big problem. You know, a lot of people see it as way too taboo to talk about. And I think that's, that's even the bigger issue. Maybe if we talked about it a little more, maybe more people would be a little bit more understanding of it. Here's a question I have for you that's totally out, um, just jumping from the conversation, but it, this conversation kind of led me to this, this uh, question for you. Um, do you have a girlfriend right now? No, I just, I just got out of a relationship. I was, so here's the question. You don't have to answer if you don't want. I was going to ask you, meeting a girl. So you're meeting a girl. Have you found that you, it has, like she's maybe had a problem with you taking photos, the, like the photos you take? Like, have you ever had arguments because of the type of work you do? Um. With my last relationship, we never had arguments about it. When I would meet girls and they'd be like, oh, you take photos. I'd be like, yeah, this is the, this is the job. You know, they, I was always upfront about it, you know, and I would even, even girls who I've been involved with, I've invited them to come and watch me work. Uh, if a lot of people, once they do see me work, they see it's a very professional environment. It's a very, um, very positive environment. Uh, I'm, I'm there to do a job. I'm there to, um, you know, create something. So my last girlfriend was very understanding of it. Um, what really bothered her is when other people would ask her, oh, you let Adam take pictures of these naked girls or you let Adam do this, you let Adam do this. And she would tell him, I'm not letting him do anything. He's, he lets himself do it. He can do whatever he wants. Uh, but I found that the people that were asking those questions, it's, it's, kind of, it's actually very rude of them to do so because they're, they're, they're then questioning my character. Mm-hmm. I, I found it real offensive to me because they're questioning my character. You know, I'm not, this isn't some kind of ploy to get girls. I'm not using, I wanted to get girls. I don't need a camera to get girls. Yeah. You know, I don't need a camera to get girls to take their clothes off. That's just, you know, I have a personality. Sorry. You yeah. know, um, but the, the biggest thing recently is, is, is someone asked me on my, in my DMs. They're like, dude, how does your, how does your work not, not turn you on? How do you not make sexual advances on these girls? And it's simple because Perfect. it's work. It's work. Yeah. You know, I don't go to your job and be like, Hey, does that Excel spreadsheet give you a boner? (laughs) You know, I don't, I don't go to your work and say, Hey, are you driving that forklift? Does it turn you on? No, it's, this is my work. I'm here to do a job. And, and that, that's, that's what it is. Plain and simple. Anyone who wants to question, uh, you know, my, my character or question what I'm doing. Um, it's just very rude. I mean, I've had, I've had friends and family do it. I've had friends, you know, my closest friends asked my ex, how do you let Adam take pictures of these girls? You know, I've had family members ask her too. And, you know, eventually it did get to her. It does. It, I, I think it did bother her at some point. Uh, but mainly I think it's because people were questioning my character and that's what I find offensive. Yeah, definitely. Um, I could, I, I, I could totally see where that would, would piss you off. More, more of the question I was asking was like, if, if you're meeting a girl for the first time, would she like, would she um, like be like, oh, you know, kind of be like a little, like a little off putting. Cause I could just see how like a girl just meeting you for the first time 
would be like, oh, like it's kind of weird. But then maybe like if you're upfront about it, like, see, that's the thing. And a lot of people aren't like, this is goes back in our last conversation. A lot of people, not that it's about sexuality, but it's like, yeah, this is my job. This is what I'm doing. I, it's, this is what I'm doing. I'm making money off of this. I like, I, like, if you have a problem with that, you know, like, this is what I'm doing. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to keep doing it. And a lot of people would be like a little like shy to say it maybe, you know, or not, not like necessarily shy, but they might be a little off put to say it. You know what I mean? And so. Yeah. And, I mean, I think uh, I'm, I'm very open about it. Definitely the person who I would, I would have to date next would definitely have to be, a very open-minded person. Uh, but who knows, you know, I, I, I could be doing this for a while and then I could, I could quit tomorrow and then that could be the rest of my life. Who, who knows? Uh, I definitely don't like to date close-minded individuals. If someone's not very understanding of what I do or, you know, the things I do or doesn't believe in the fact of like, this is who I am and this is, this is a job to me, then that's definitely something, somebody I don't want to be in a relationship in the first place with, you know? Um, like my, you know, my ex-girlfriend before my last one, I was taking photos, but she didn't, she didn't necessarily like me taking photos at all. And that's when I had, you know, I was working in cybersecurity and she, she was a professional golfer. So I was like, okay, you know, I can put the camera down. I don't think I'm going to be using the camera to make money at the time, you know? So I didn't really think it was, uh, you know, I thought that was my life, you know, at the time being, that was my life. But, you know, then we broke up, I pick up a camera again. I started, you know, this awesome career. Uh, you know, I turned a hobby into a profession and that's what it was. And then I had actually met my, my last girlfriend and she thought it was cool. She thought it was cool that I, that I took photos. Obviously it worried her for, you know, the, you know, the, in the beginning of the relationship, but you know, after I, you know, invited her to, to shoot, I invited her to, you know, come see a shoot, you know, when I shoot with my friends or when I shoot with like a client and she sees like, Oh, you know, he's, you know, very tunnel vision with it. I'm not really thinking about extracurricular activities when I'm hanging out with these people or, you know, working with these, with these girls. So I don't think it will be an issue when I meet someone. I just have to, obviously you just have to meet the right people, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I totally, I totally see where you're going with that. It's, it's not about, it's not about, um, it's not about the work. It's about the people you're, it's definitely about the people. And that's, that's true with anything. Like, like you, uh, I like what you said. Like it wasn't necessarily about, um, the photos you were taking, it was like, she didn't like you taking photos at all, you know? Um, and I think that's, that's true with anything. Like, I think sometimes just people in your life, whether it be a, a relationship or not, they like sometimes don't necessarily like you doing, you just could be your parents or anything. They don't necessarily like you doing any like certain things, you know? And you're like, well, I like doing like, whether it be like, um, I've, I've been fortunate of everyone being pretty, pretty, um, not really open is not the right word. Uh, supportive, I guess is what I'm thinking of me doing podcasts and everything. But I'm, I'm sure like some people like who I, I would identify as a friend uh, has talked shit behind my back. Like this is weak, you know, or something like that. Um, but I think there's just, there's, there's a separation between the people you're with and the people you want to be with, you know, and the people you want to be with are going to support you no matter what you do. And the people you don't aren't, even if, even if what you're doing is awesome, you know? Yeah. I mean, dude, I can totally, I can totally relate to that, to that too. When I was first starting, I would hit up friends. I'd be like, dude, let me take your photo. Like, let me, let's go to the park. Let me take your picture. Let me do a bunch of stuff. And they'd, be, they'd always tell me they're too busy. They're too this, too that. And then I've even had a friend who literally like one of my closest friends, like ever to me, literally like called me one day and he's just like, Hey, so when are you going to quit the photo stuff and like get your life back on track? 
you know, and this is when I, when I wasn't working, when I wasn't shooting full time, I was like, you know, I was working at a bar and I was, you know, trying to make the photo thing work. And he literally just flat out was like, you need to go back to like your desk job and like, you know, just quit the photos. Cause you're not going to, you know, I don't know what you're doing with it. And it's like the same friends that wouldn't want to come shoot with me in the park are now hitting me up for photos. And I'm like, Hey man, I would love some sick photos with me in my new car. Like I would love some new sick photos of myself. Like, can you help me with photos? And I'm like, Hey, here's my rates now. Not for real. Um, that's, I can relate to that too, because like, I mean, not that I'm like, I'm like, I mean, I'm growing a little bit, like I'm growing like pretty, pretty substantially, but not only that, like, um, I'd be hitting, I like, I like when I was first, first starting, I would hit people up and I'd be like, Hey dude, like, it's just like, let's just get on a podcast. Let's just talk, you know? Um, and that was back when I was just doing it on my phone. Um, and then, um, and then like, I would still, sorry, someone knocked on the door. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then like, and then I started getting a little like actually traction and I'd be like, Oh, let's, let's come on. And they still like, wouldn't hit me up. And they're just like my friends. And then now that it's getting a little bigger, like some of those same people are hitting me up like, Hey, like, when am I going to get on the podcast? And I was like, hold on. I got to like make some time, bro. Like you can still come on. But I, I totally could see like some people who are even that I'm hitting up now, like who are my friends? Like one day when I'm like actually growing, if I keep doing this, we'll be like, Hey, like you're getting really big. Like, let me come on, you know? And it's just like, I would have had you on at this time, but like, dude, you got to support me then if you're going to support me now, you know, like even now, like when I hit a thousand and a hundred downloads, which was like yesterday, I think, um, the people were like, um, like some of my friends were like, Oh, that's dope. Like some of my friends who like, who like never like would have done anything. I'm just like, didn't, I didn't ask them for anything. They'll hit me up and be like, Hey, that's dope. And that, and that's another aspect of it. Like people who you don't expect will support you and people who you do expect won't, you know? Yeah. Like, like that, that's a big thing for me is, is you really want to see who's supporting you from day one. Like the people that I've shot with from day one, I still hit them up to shoot because they, they took a chance on me. You know, the people always want to, they want to like, like we talked about earlier, people always want to curtain tail on success. And that's, that's a shame. They don't want to grind with you in the trenches when you're first starting. And like, if you're doing something new, if you're doing some sort of art form podcast, taking pictures, doing whatever, as long as you're hurting it and not, you're not hurting anyone. It's a shame to see that people would talk down on you, which I've had plenty of people talk down on me. I'm pretty sure you've had people talk down on you. And that's always a shame, but it does, at least it gets to weed out the people who are really there for you and the people who are just there to, you know, ride your wave, you know, and, and, a big thing what's what's even cooler is is the internet's a great place i found a ton of friends on the internet and i have i have people who live thousands and thousands of miles who support me and are always messaging me from day one saying my stuff was cool uh one of my one of my good friends she you know good internet friends but she's actually like a real life friend now she lives out in vegas and she was one of like the first people who, t- who took a chance on me i was like hey i'll be in vegas this weekend do you want to shoot and she's like yeah i'd love to and we shoot every single time we go to Vegas. She's doing great things. She's making art. She's modeling. She's doing a bunch of stuff. So it's always really cool to see like your friends, like, you know, climbing that mountain with you. Definitely. Um, my friend who did my artwork, uh, the little WTF with Colin artwork, um, he just hit me up a couple of days ago. I'd stay wanting to get him on the podcast, but he's like pretty shy and, he, and he's a, really good artist painter he can draw really well um he's like i don't know man i was like come on just come on it'll be fun and he's like i don't know and he's like but i would definitely will touch up your your uh, artwork and i'll send it to you and i was like thanks but like come on the podcast you know um but he like 
seeing him, like I always, I always give him a shout out on my podcast because he created my image, you know, like he created what people see on Spotify, people see on Google podcasts, on Amazon, um, YouTube, he created that image and, and he will forever have done the first, whether I get an image in a thousand episodes from someone else or 10 episodes, he will have created the first, you know, the first um, image for me. So I love seeing him. I like to promote him because he's a really good artist. And so um, I'll give him a shout out right now. O'Driscoll on Instagram for all the viewers, but uh, it's cool to see him like trying to get him up there and seeing his art get better and everything as long with what I'm doing, you know, so I can definitely relate to you and your friend. Here's a question I have for you. You don't have to tell the story if you don't want to. Do you have any cool stories from when you were in Vegas? Uh, dude, when I was, when I turned 21, me and my, me and my small group of friends were f- absolute degenerates. We actually started a brand called degenerate cause we we're fucking, we we're just assholes, but we went out there and we're 21 for the youngest member in our group. He had turned 21 in May Memorial day weekend. And we went out there and we spent a ton of fucking money. Right. But we loved it so much. We're like, okay, how do we fucking do this and not spend a dime? We learned every trick of the trade to Vegas every way to get rooms we learned my one of my best friends like went almost went pro playing poker like just that well and so he would get us rooms and literally for about a year and a half or two years we were going to vegas like twice a month like we would leave thursday come back sunday and literally just be gambling two days straight club two days straight day club night club like just absolute degenerates and that was our life for for a very long time and I love Vegas. Like my family loves Vegas. They're, they're big time with old Vegas, the Rat Pack and all that. I love the history of Vegas. I love the, the food in Vegas, uh, off strip, on strip. Uh, Vegas is definitely somewhere I'm really sad I wasn't able to go to this year. Um, it's given me the opportunity. I met a ton of really good people. Um, a lot of people that work for Encore Beach Club, a lot of people that work for Marquee, Hawkeson. So I've been able, I've been really blessed to be able to, plus it, it always helps when you have, you know, a roster of girls that you can invite to the club. Uh, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say I'm using women as currency, but, um, you know, they do, they do help me get into the club and me get a table. Uh, I guess one of the, one of the coolest times, I, it was the first time that, that we were there. Uh, Actually, I have, I have a ton of stories. I'm going to tell two stories because they're, they're fucking hilarious. So uh, the first one was the first time we were in Vegas and we were, uh, it was marquee. Dash Berlin was playing. Like the set was amazing. Um, and we were right by this table and it was full of like nurses, like, uh, like just a whole, I, I don't know if they were a bachelor party or whatever the hell it was, but they told us they were just nurses and they were in town um, and just living it up. Right. And it was just me and my me and my two friends and my friend's girlfriend, and we were just dancing the night away, you know, because we're 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 savages. We just go out, we we dance, and we do all kinds of stuff. We're not the prissy people who just sit there with a champagne glass, but we're sitting there dancing and everything. And all of a sudden, like they're just like, "Hey, come to our table, and we'll, we'll serve you drinks and stuff." And they just got like two big bottles of Belvedere and and Grey Goose, and they were just making us drinks all night. So we it was like freshly twenty one. And first time in a Vegas club and I'm getting table service by like these older nurses. Uh, so that was a pretty wild time. Uh, the other time we were, we were in the same club, but this was like uh, maybe a year after. And this, this guy or, um, this guy had, a uh, 
had called had called me an asshole because he thought he, like I was trying to get a drink and he goes, Hey, look at this asshole. But he was looking at my, my best friend. He goes, why are you call my best friend an asshole? And I got into his face and, and I'm like, why are you calling me an asshole? And he like backed down. He's like, Oh no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Let me buy you a drink. So before he could buy me a drink, this other girl comes and bumps my friend and, and like, he's like, Oh, like, they like, excuse me. And she totally throws his drink at him and he's covered in fucking, but just like strawberry daiquiri juice, whatever the hell it was, alcohol. It was funny. Cause he's, he's got a fucking temper on him and he literally uh, yells at the girl. He goes, and they're yelling back and forth. And he just like tooks off his pants, just like in a drunken rage. He just like takes off his pants and he's like, what, what? And the security guard was just like, what are you doing? And like cleaned him up and everything, but they ended up kicking the girl out. So it was, it, it, it helps to know people in Vegas. So when that kind of stupid shit happens. Yeah, it does. But why did he take his pants off? It was, I don't, it's just his thing. He just like gets angry and has to take off his pants. <laughs> so he's just standing there in the middle of the club at the bar with his pants off yelling at a chick. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that's insane. Oh, that's insane. Yeah. And then you also got table service from a staff of nurses. Yeah. So that had to be nice. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I had just turned 21, maybe a couple months prior. It was my friend's birthday. He was 21. Uh, so it was definitely like an experience, you know? Yeah, no. Vegas, man, stories. People always have stories about Vegas. There's not one person that's gone to Vegas, unless they're those champagne people that you were talking about. But yeah. there's nobody that uh, goes to Vegas and they're like, yeah, you know, it's all right. Unless, except for right now. I will say right now. But I will say this, when lockdown first happened, like the actual one, um, one of the coolest experiences that I got to do was I got to longboard down the strip with some of my friends and there was not a soul in sight. You know, there's people oh, on the sidewalk walking and it was one of the prettiest things ever, like nothing going on, like basically like a ghost town on the strip. And like, we were talking like, this will never happen again. Like this will never happen again. And so that was cool. And I, we took a photo and I said, witness history. Cause like, it was like this cool little, like we, and this was really before, this was actually before I started my podcast. So I didn't actually get to tell that story, but that was one of the coolest things I got to experience. And it was because of COVID, not a big fan of COVID and all, but um it was cool to be able to longboard down the strip do you think you've had covid or you think you haven't had it um i don't think i have had it if i if i've had it i was asymptomatic um you know but i've i mean i, I don't i don't know i mean i'm taking precautions my mom's diabetic so i'm always like you know kind of cautious with it but yeah. i mean there's only so much you can do um you know i think the government has handled it really wrong yeah but what i would really like to see is is definitely a revival of vegas i mean hopefully this will this will give Vegas a chance to like really come back. Uh, I feel like the club scene was getting a little stale. Um, Cause I used to go there to see. It's like I've, I saw Jaws before he got really big. I saw Sultan and Shepard, who was one of the best. Um, I've seen so many good people at, in Vegas. Like the club scene from like 2014 to 2018 was just amazing in Vegas. And then like after that, it was just like so mainstream. It was just shit, you know, but yeah, um, I can imagine, uh, like, everything becomes mainstream after a while. It just sucks that the club scene had to do that. Um, but I, I will say this. I do think I had it. So I'll tell this story. I, like I said, I'm from, I'm, I live in Oregon. And so when coronavirus came here, Oregon and Washington were the first cases. So right before the cases blew out and everything in February, I, my friends, two, my roommate, 
and my friend who like basically lived with us, they got really sick. And then I got sick because I thought it was a cold or whatever. And this is before any of the hysteria. And I got really sick and I was like, I was about to go uh, hang on my friends and, and play this game, Die. I don't know if you know what Die is. You die? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, and I was like, man. So I popped some Dayquil and um, I still felt like shit. And I was like, ah, I feel like shit. And then I played for a second. I went home and I kicked in. And I, was, I felt like shit for like three, four days, five, maybe five days. Um, and I was like, I feel like shit. And I was like cold and everything. And then I was fine. And, but like during it, I was texting my mom. I was like, I have that COVID, whatever it is. And she's like, you don't have COVID. You're not in Wuhan, China. And I was like, I have it. And then like everything like happened and this actually this girl got sick from us or she got sick at the same time as us and she got was sick for like three weeks and they told her that she probably had COVID like like in March like she got sick right after us in March and like from us and and the only thing that makes me think that I had it was that but also that none of me or my roommate or my friend got sick um, again you know so I'm like well you know like that's a little weird and Dion who's basically my brother who stayed in Nevada he came and visited us and he didn't get sick and he lived with us last year and he didn't get sick and then he got COVID this year and none of us have had COVID or anything so like I'm thinking it, it's a big possibility that we, us three did have COVID up there in Oregon when it first trans uh, muted from China to America so that's pretty wild if that's the true case the, the big thing with me is like, you know, it's, it's a pandemic, it's a health crisis, but there's no focus on health. Like they're not telling you, Hey, eat healthier. They're not saying, Hey, uh, take your vitamins, go for walk, lose weight, do all that. They're not saying any of that. And I think that's the biggest issue. Uh, you know, like they want us to be safe from COVID, but yet they still allow cigarettes to be sold. You know, you, you, Oh, you can, you have a chance of getting COVID in a restaurant. Well, yeah, I also have a chance of getting cancer chemicals in the paint and shit. You know, I mean, I'm not saying I'm a COVID denier and I'm not an anti-masker by any means, but I think definitely the priorities are in the wrong place when it comes to the safety of citizens. This is an interesting topic because a big thing that I noticed is that this last year, a couple years before COVID, you saw a big trend about not fat shaming and everything, which is un understandable. But then you see the people like then you see that COVID happens and everything and, and not that it's like you the people don't have a healthy health um like not saying that people have don't have health crises and like people's health are in conference but like we shouldn't be pushing we should be pushing being in shape you know that should be something yeah. that you push like now there are people who have conditions and things and that, that we're not saying like to, you're fat you know don't say that but you should be pushing like it is already unhealthy to have to be overweight and it pushes it, like heart disease is the number one cause of death, especially in America. So we should be pushing being healthy. Just like you said there don't fat shame, but tell them we should like get people healthy, you know? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a bigger boy. Like, you know, I've gained 40 pounds in the past year and a half. You know, I'm, I mean, I still exercise as much as I can, even though the gyms are closed, but I mean, closing the gyms doesn't make any sense. People need to exercise. People need to lose weight. They, and, they, and I think that the government needs to take responsibility into, dude, like Dairy Queen doesn't need to have a 5,000 calorie shake on their menu. You know, there needs to be more, I mean, this will go into more healthier food options, but it also has to do with education levels on people need to realize like, you can't be eating Mickey D's every day. You can't be eating unhealthy. You really do need to take care of yourself. If you don't, if you don't have wellness, your illness will, make, will force you to make time. And a lot of people don't understand that. 
you know, I'm not saying fat shaming is, is something that, you know, needs to happen. I think people need to take individual responsibility in keeping their, their, their selves accountable uh, for, for staying in shape. But, but it goes into like what you said, you know, heart disease is the number one killer in America. Same thing with obesity. Um, you know, another number that they don't, that they don't take track of is the amount of suicides have like quadrupled since COVID. Uh, but no one's taking, no one's taking time to, to assess mental health in this country. Uh, you know, we have a government that is saying stay at home, don't go to work, but they're not giving any type of assistance to the citizens. Um, you know, at least I have friends in Canada and in Australia where they were able to stay home because they were still getting money. Their rent was being paid and they were getting groceries. So it was easier for them to stay at home. But here it's, it's a free for all. And it's really sad because you have people, uh, I remember I saw this, I was listening to this on a podcast where they were talking about 9-11 and after 9-11, everyone came together as like a community. And we're like trying to help out one another. But now when COVID is happening, when we should be helping one another, no, people are buying up the toilet paper supply. People are buying out, you know, the groceries. And it's just really disgusting to see that we are the most divided we've ever been in, I think, our history. Definitely in the history, the last 60 years, like, um, yeah, it's, it's disgusting. And I think there's a big thing that needs to happen after after all this ends up and everything starts to open again, something has to happen to bring everyone together. Some, somebody has to happen. There needs to be somebody who just is, a, is, is right in the, what, they're, what they're doing, what they're saying, what they're acting like. We need that. He's got to be younger than 78 years old. He's got to be around the age of 40 to 50. Someone in that, even I would say 45, should be 45. But when I was under 45, they shot him in the head. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yes, yes they did. Um, Obama was relatively young and I wouldn't know who else was that George Bush was relatively young. He wasn't that young. Um, but yeah, John F. Kennedy was probably the last young one. We need like, not to saying Andrew Yang's the answer, but I mean, Andrew Yang was a cool guy. Um, we need someone who's younger and actually can like think for his, like themselves and, and like, hasn't been in the system for super long. You know, we need someone like who who's just coming up, you know, and has their own ideas and can like influence like the, uh, the, the world basically. We like, you know, I, I, like, not that I like hate what's going on, like the, like the older generation, but like, they've just been there for so long, you know, we need some y- fresh young people, you know, especially in a time like this when all this shit's going on, you know, I think we need some young people. Because we need to reelect our, especially with like the way we fund them. I think super PACs and you know the funds that get uh, officials elected is very corrupt and that's why you have people who are you know 60 70 80 years old that are like okay well they got me in this position of power now i gotta pay them back you know they feel obligated to do that and that's why it never changes uh yeah um god i can't remember that so i'm studying law pre-law basically because i wanted to law school but god what was that there was a 2010 Supreme Court case that was about super PACs. It basically created that entire thing because at first it was PACs and there was and they were having this. I can't remember the name. Anyone in the comments, give me the name. But um, yeah, and it, it basically created super PACs. And I have like it's basically big money wins elections because like there's even a like you don't even get in the primaries if you don't have enough money. Oh, so yeah. so it's all money race. It's, it's all money. It's not even who has the most money. It's who can survive with with still money in their pocket like you know like donald trump had the most money but he spent it all that's why he lost the election you know 
Biden went and fundraised and then he was able to get more money in his pocket. So it's just, it's honestly, it's not even a, a race to the, to the end. It's a race. It's a survival race. I also don't like that. It's not a race about who the person is. It's about, it's about like who, who backs them, you know, like the DNC, like not that Joe Biden shouldn't have ran, but like, they picked Joe Biden and then they like, were like, all right, we're just going to fund him. We're not going to ask like, there's like, it has to be two parties. You know, it always has to be two parties. Like a third party will never get a chance, but it's like, we, that's the best we can do. Like in this situation, that's the best we can do. Like that's like, the number one thing that needs to change is they need yeah. to abolish the two party system. It, they need to abolish this, the, the big money hold on the two party system. If they can't do the, to abolish the two party system, they have to do something that just like limits the range money into it yes you need money to campaign and everything but you also need it because it's not even about if you didn't if you, I, I worked on a campaign this uh semester for a, um, a lo- more local one uh city council race in oregon for hillsborough but um which is right outside portland but uh, i took a class two called parties and election that's why i worked on the k on the campaign but basically um all fundraising is just to campaign for your base. So like Republicans campaign for their own base and, and Democrats campaign for their own base. Like they don't even try to sway votes. They just try to get their bases to vote. Oh yeah. It's <clears throat> the way, the way it's our political system is set up is, is far from what the four founding fathers wanted it to be. And it's kind of funny because Republicans always kind of use the constitution and throw that, <clears throat> throw that in the other space. When we're so far from the constitution, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it is ridiculous. Um, but I do have to wrap this up because I have to edit this and uh, do everything. It should be. All right, guys, that was episode 22 with Adam Cole. Again, he can be found at Adam Cole Studios on Instagram. If you guys did like this episode, give it a like, share, and a download, and follow me on Spotify. Peace.